I forgot to shake my mead. I like to agitate my mead. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. So you can tell the folks about the oh, guy. Oh yeah. So so uh Oh, where the fuck do I start? So I come on shift Soon after, there's like this kind of just weird guy. Kind of, he walks in. That was it was Tuesday because he had tacos on my show. Oh right, yeah, that's right. So he comes in, and I was like, oh great, homeless guy, fucking whatever. But he comes in, he's kind of hip, kind of hip looking. So I was like, oh, he's like a weird artist or kinda something. Kind of hip, hip homeless. Kind of hip, but also kind of emaciated with like no eyebrows yeah. and skeletal face. Yeah, he's and like a bunch of neck tattoos. I'm, I'm gonna call it tweaker chic. There we go. Yeah. So he comes in, and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to tell this guy to fuck off. And then he, he walks in, and he grabs, there's like a symbol bag sitting like over by the keg. So I was like, he comes and grabs it, and I was like, what the fuck? And then he starts talking to Maddie, and I was like, oh, oh, Maddie knows this guy. He must be fine or whatever. From earlier that day on my shit. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Point. Yep. Anyways, uh, he hangs out, he leaves, comes back, leaves, come, he keeps talking really fast and like, like being overly friendly with people to the point where like people are like, stop touching me, that kind of shit. So he eventually... Uh, he eventually comes to me. This is like when it's kind of busy. It's like what twelve thirty or maybe one in the morning. And he's yeah. like, he's like, all right, I gotta go, man. I gotta go. But hey, check this out. And he pulls out two two ride symbols, and they're both like four or five hundred dollars symbols. And he's like, I want you to have these. And I was like, no, I don't want your fucking symbols, dude. Like, no. like I do not want to be part of this. Well, technically, they're probably not his symbols, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he seemed like a guy that actually knew how to play drums. It, yeah. I'm just saying, he he knew some buzzwords. He was going on about but he goes like it's cool i have a, a symbol uh sponsorship i got lots of symbols i don't need these and i was like and then two people walked up and like hey can we get something to drink and i was like fuck whatever man i was like cool thank you and i grabbed the symbols and i set them on the chest freezer and then he goes and talks to like a group of people standing over by some tables which he had been talking which to he had before been, yeah. and then and then he puts on a jacket and he walks out the door five minutes later uh mark Mark, well, no, it started with Courtney. Courtney's like, where the fuck's my jacket? What the fuck? And so she's like, dude, that guy put on my jacket and walked out the door. And well, we're like, what the shit? Well, Mark's like, where's my phone? Well, so we, we run out. Yeah, yeah, because she says, where's my jacket? I was like, he just left. So we go, me and Mike walked around the entire block. Didn't find him. Oh, no, he came, had already got Mark's, Mark's I know, phone came, already came back, came back yeah. in, and Mark goes like, wait, where's my phone? Oh, fuck, I think it was in your jacket. And Courtney's like, ah, oh, shit, well, at least it's just a phone and a jacket. And she goes, oh, shit, where's my house keys? Oh, they're in my fucking <laughs> well, jacket. And Mark was not like, at least it's just a phone. He's like, I need my fucking phone to work. Yeah. He's Irish, and I'm not doing a very good accent. He's, he sounds pretty terrible. much exactly like Roy from IT Crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty what, much. Dear, dear sweet man, but he sounds exactly like that. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, fucking he. The guy tells us he lives above El Corazon, so we're like, so we're like, all right, I guess we're going to El Corazon. Well, plus, plus, he'd given a lot of people his phone number and email and stuff, but well, he had also lost his phone earlier day. And I can attest, he had a fucking phone sure. when he was in on my shift because he was talking to somebody and texting them and stuff. It was like blue. Yeah, you know, I saw him leave with it. Yeah, 
but he must have lost it at Elko. So I had to stay at the bar. So these these this crew forms a vigilance committee, and they fucking go down to Elcor Zone. Nothing there. They case the, the block, and then they find him. Well, we interrogated a, a, a villager, uh, an, MP, an NPC outside of there in the homeless encampment, <laughs> and he sent us kind of in the right direction. But then, uh, uh, like, I couldn't use the find the phone on my on my phone, so they went off to uh, Wee's apartment to use a computer. And I'm going back. I'm kind of heading back, and then I get a call from Mark. He's like, "Okay, it's somewhere in the parking lot, but either behind the bar or the one over, or in the car park." He's like, "Okay, well, I don't see anything in this one. I'm gonna walk it this way." And then there's this white car sitting there, and before I could even get up to it, that guy got out, and it was like, "Aha, I found you." <laughs> Hey, I don't know what this is all about, man, but I didn't steal her fucking jacket. Yeah, 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 pretty much. He's like, okay, man, I just tracked the, uh, Mark's phone over here, so I just need you to hand it over and also that green jacket, and I'll be out of your hair. No harm, no foul. Just, you know, maybe you grabbed it on accident. I am willing to give you the benefit of the doubt just because I don't feel like getting... I don't want to rifle through your car and end up with, like, needles stuck in my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and he had also just been talking about p- probably having a gun. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just don't need to get stra- stabbed with a rusty fish knife in a car park. And, no fucking way. <laughs> but, oh, uh, that, that was the other thing. Uh, there was, like, three three people in the bar that night that had never been there before. Oh, we live right down the street and didn't know this place existed. And, like, somebody <laughs> else was like, oh, my friend told me about this place. Said it was a, a really fun bar. And so, like, these three people are watching all this shit go down. And so we're still at the bar. Yeah, well, these guys all fuck off to go find this guy. And uh, Wee comes walking in with the, the jacket. And he's just like, <gasps> like huffing. And he like hands the jacket to Court. And she's like, oh my God, you got my jacket. She like puts it on. Oh shit, where are my keys? He's like, I don't know. They might've fell out when we were carrying it up here. So me and her go walking. Where where the fuck is this guy? And Courtney's like, I'm gonna fucking kill him. Yeah, I'm, gonna, Court- I'm gonna beat the Co- shit Courtney out of this guy. Courtney is about 90 pounds. So, so wet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we get down there, get the keys back. And then... Getting the phone back was kind of a situation. Well, because he wouldn't admit to where it was. Yeah. Mark, Mark's on my phone talking to the cops because the guy was like, fine, just call the cops. I, you guys are threatening me. I, I, want, I want the cops here now. And Mark's like, I'm already on the phone with the fucking cops. Yeah. You know, because I was just give me my fucking phone and we'll get the fuck out of here. You know, and I'm like, look, man, I, we know it's here. Did, did you throw it in the bush? Because, you know, it's a radius and there's bushes and stuff. Right. And meanwhile, we're right outside of Paul's window. Oh, and yeah. He's inside wondering what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Courtney comes, or, well, yeah, we got the keys back and then Courtney came down there and started berating this fucker oh, yeah. and wanting to hit him and shit. Yeah. Eventually, Mark just sees the phone sitting right where the guy got out of the Jeep. I didn't see it. It was dark, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he got it. And he's like, Tell you what, you're a fucking piece of shit, you know, like, you know, you, you got some problems, man, you know, but then. So the whole crew comes busting back through the door into the bar and they're like, woo, fucking mission accomplished. <laughs> and then buys like a round of shot. Uh, Mark buys a round of shots for the whole bar. And then immediately after everyone gets those shots down, Courtney's like, round of shots, whole bar. Like, so everybody gets another <laughs> round of shots immediately. The three people had never been there before. Are like, this is the best bar in the fucking world. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Something exciting every time you yeah. come to the bar. I forgot I didn't tell you about that last week because it, it was physically impossible to do so because it didn't happen until after <laughs> Oh, last that's week. probably why. Because <laughs> it was only five days ago, even yeah. though it seems like it feels like it was a year ago. Oh, it's been a, it's been a hell of a couple months. <laughs> okay, anyways, uh, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked. Um, so, Tony, what do you know about uh, the Whitman Massacre, also known as the Walla Walla Massacre? 
Also, massacre so nice they named it twice. Or mm-hmm. also known, what did the park system call it? Something different. They called it a tragedy, not a massacre. Well, you know it's a massacre because white, white people, people died. died. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it would have been a, a battle or a war. Right. Yep. <laughs> no, it's the the tragedy at Wailatpu by the National Park Service. Is it in Walla Walla? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Really? Yeah. Oh, we get, we're this, back in Washington. Well, except for at this point, it's still Oregon Territory, but yeah, it's in Washington. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, the best I can guess is that some white people fucked around and found out. Well, yep. the, th- the funny thing is, on the Joe Meek episode, we've already foreshadowed this. Not your part of the Joe Meek episode. Oh, okay. But um, the year was 1961. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Free love was in the air. So, yeah, uh, like about a year or so ago, we did touch on this, but we're going to go deeper into detail. Okay. And uh, I guess with that, we'll let uh, Will kick her off with the comic sans and lovely singing voice mm. lovely npr singing mm. voice oh i'm a paid professional one no. time i got twenty dollars yeah <laughs> to shut up <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of things are named after uh the uh whitman's in washington uh college county national forest the samplers of candies you can yep. get around valentine's day mm-hmm. bunch of public schools walt yep uh, they even wanted to rename Rainier after Whitman. Fuck you. <laughs> what? Really? You need to re- re- rename re- Tahoma after Tahoma, yeah. not name it Rainier. But uh, also, you know, there's the the site's a national historic site. Tragedy like site. Said. Yep. Uh, oh, this is also why we're doing this a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month now, that they because uh, they have a statuary hall in D.C., not a statutory hall. Yeah. That's different. But uh, he had a nice hunky stat- statue of him in, sitting in D.C. for about 50 years or so or whatever. And, but they finally had uh, put uh, Billy Frank Jr. in there, a, a local Nisqually guy who did a lot for, for fishing rights in the 60s. Okay. The ni- 1960s. Because Whitman, I, th- I think, you know, kind of tried to help but in that Christian missionary is the old kind of way. Oh, no. More than a... And he gave all up on that and just basically tried to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when you said hunky statue, I just imagine like a fucking Dr. Manhattan with a big old dick hanging out. Just oh, like, yeah. I thought you were going to go, go, go more with like Ash from the cover of Army of Darkness, you know, with the chest, oh, you know, yeah. the sh- shirt, but with the like rippling a weird, chest muscles. Like a weird horror romance novel. Well, yeah. And like the chest muscles that, sorry, Bruce Campbell, that you never had. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, his uh, wife and the other missionary couple. Uh, Ooh, missionary couple. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're the first two white ladies across the continent, so that's Ooh. something, I guess. They they didn't do it all themselves, so. Because it wasn't legal to. Yep. <laughs> but uh, so uh, basically this starts out in the 1830s. Uh, Whitman established the mission on Cayuse land. We'll be talking about the Cayuse. Mm-hmm. That's why we can't pronounce anything. Uh, they called it Wailatapu, like yep, we tried to. Wailatapu. Yep. Uh, also along uh, is Henry Spaulding. Uh, he picks a site 120 miles away at Lapwai. He builds a driving range and uses proprietary golf balls, too. Mm-hmm. That's among the Nez Perce over there in Idaho land. Basically, they expect the, the Indians to convert to Christianity and take up farming and live like Whitey. Mm. I'm sure that worked that out did, well. didn't set any precedent. I was going to say, that's been kind of a theme. Well, this is kind of well, 1830s, though. This is like... It's early on. But, you know, when they first started out, at least the, the Indians would adopt 
some of the stuff, but they totally wouldn't. Cool. Give up. I like your metal cooking pots. Yeah, but not not your uh, your weird going get, to church when you when the hunt is on. Or, yeah, or or stuff, stuff like that. Your your weird dead but not dead deity. <laughs> but uh, the the attack kind of helped make Oregon into a territory and uh, Washington into the state later on. Basically, um, the bill had been stalling in Congress because they're still debating whether to have slavery in Oregon. Mm -hmm. But after this, this is 1847, they make it into a territory. Then after that, the superintendent of Indian Affairs declared the Cayuse land had forfeited their claims to their own land by the attack. So basically, that sets off uh, getting all the land for Whitey in the Northwest. Just by, oh, yeah. If it wasn't that reason, they would have figured out a different reason. Oh, there's always a reason. Yeah. But there was a two-year war against the Cayuse after that. And then finally in 1850, five Cayuses surrendered and were hanged. Yep. That's the end of the story, I guess. Well, All right. That's the abridged version. <laughs> well, oh. let's go out in a hail. No. Oh. <laughs> Hold! <laughs> uh, but the attack began November 29, 1847. Marianne Bridger, she was the 12-year-old daughter of Jim Bridger. Oh, shit. She was in the kitchen washing dishes. Uh, John Sager, he was 17. He was the oldest of a family of seven who were adopted by the Whitmans after the death of their parents on Oregon Trail. Wait, he was the oldest of a family? He's like older than his parents? No, well, his, his parents, parents are, are dead. dead. Oh, got it. So they were adopted by the Whitmans. Uh, he was also in the kitchen. Uh, Narcissa Whitman was in, in, in the living room helping the uh, two of John's sisters. Narcissa? Yep. Mm-hmm. The fuck? It's a... Uh, it's, uh, Weird-ass uh, 1800s names. Uh, it's a, uh, I think, Greek goddess, and that's where narcissism comes from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, st- is it goddess or... Like, either which way, it comes from, I think it's the thing where they're, well, I think so, that, they're so pretty, they're staring at the own yeah, yeah, reflection that, until they waste away. And I'm pretty sure that was a dude, because he like stared at himself in a in a. It's probably fucking, Narcissus, yeah, but, you know, yeah. he was, you just put an A at the end, that makes it feminine. So. Narcissus, oh. <laughs> no. well, you should sh- I think it was from like the 1890s, but there's that illustration of, of the attack, which is pretty oh, hilarious. I, I just found several of them, but we posted the one uh, when we did the Joe Meek episode. Oh, yeah. The wood the woodcut one, but I just found some paintings too. So, And there's also a, a photograph of Whitman, which is totally bogus because this is 1847. Right. <laughs> and uh, basically it was just another doctor named Whitman, and so they attribute that to him uh but basically they're all in the kitchen um oh my god i do remember this mm-hmm. yeah uh a marcus whitman was reading nearby yeah there's like a fireplace and mm-hmm. he gets mm-hmm. ice in his chair or whatever no yep. i mean yes but no not actually well yeah i know i'm just thinking about the picture that yeah i've seen uh, a couple of guys are there working on the house uh, named josiah osborne he was repairing the floorboards uh, some of the mission children were in the schoolroom. Outside, three immigrant men were butchering a cow. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a small group of Cayuse were standing by watching them, because that's what you did before TV, is just watch mm. a cow being butchered. Ooh, check out that cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> so about 70 people were at the mission at the time. Most arrived that fall and kind of too sick to go on to the Willamette Valley. Because why were they sick? Measles! Yay. But uh, that kind of tips off the whole uh, confrontation there. But uh, two nearby villages of Cayuse, uh, one by Tillo Kate, or Kike. Still not comfortable saying yeah, that. Don't. Uh, but the entire Cayuse population was about 500 between three bands, but uh, they were kind of losing people every day. 
Measles did hit the missionaries too, but only one child had died so far. None of the adults had, but the Cayuse were hit harder. Uh, 30 people. Because they didn't have, what, thousands of years of mm-hmm. filthy measles getting <laughs> immunity. <laughs> so 30 um, Indians, mostly children, died in November. And the fact that nearly all of Whitman's patients had survived. He's also a doctor, too, if he forgot to mention that. I remember that. Doctor religion. And the Indian patients did not survive. Hmm, something seems fishy. And that caused the Cayuse to suspect that Whitman had poisoned everybody. Yeah. When actually, to his credit, it just has a lot to do with just natural yeah. immunity. And now that sounds like some anti-vax shit. It's not like that. Yeah. Stupid fucking Whitman. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid fucking Whitman. Uh, November 29th, three of uh, Taylor Kate's uh, band had died. One of them, his own kid. And actually, two of his kids had died before that. And the wife of another leader had died. Sometime after the burials, 14 to 18 Cayuses armed themselves with clubs, tomahawks, and guns, and kind of covered them with blankets and went to the mission. <laughs> doop de doop de doop Just... <laughs> Oh, you have oddly shaped shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to remember a gun in, you know, these are big ass fucking musket. Like musket, yeah, four, four feet long or whatever. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Try like sometimes close to six. All right. Depending, well, depending on his Kentucky rifle or yeah, but. So two Indians pound on the back door, demand medicine. People in the other rooms thought they were Tilokate and the other leader Tahamas. Uh, Marcus went to the kitchen to see what the trouble was and told Narcissa to lock the door behind him. Because they were already tipped off that this might happen. But mm. they're still smart enough to stick around. Uh, women went to the cupboard to get the medicine. And then one of the uh, Cayuses drove a tomahawk through his head. Marianne Bridger runs out the front screaming. Uh, John Sager, he's sitting there. And then he gets shot by uh, one of the Cayuses and his throat cut. Oh, good. Uh, both were still alive and would linger for a couple hours. Oh, fuck. But then outside, the crowd gathered around the butchered uh, steer and started firing upon whoever was left, the white people. But they just gathered around the butchered steer. That's a odd picture. I was picturing like a, you know, basically a wagon wheel of bristling guns just with a dead half-skinned steer in the middle, like <laughs> some kind of... Like Ninja 3. Like Ninja 3. Yeah, yeah, only, yeah. only guns facing out, yeah. out, out, outwards. <laughs> So Lucian Sanders, or Saunders, was teaching at, at the school there and saw a wounded man run by. That was Nathan Campbell. He was one of the guys butchering the steer. Another guy who was butchering the sh- steer was shot in the side. And a third man, Jacob Hoffman, was already dead. Walter Marsh was also dead. He was working at the grist mill. Saunders was overtaken and clubbed to death by two Indians running to his house. A couple of the, Actually, the day after, Father Jean Brouillette, he was one of the Catholic priests from the HBC, he got there and said many skulls were crushed, so they oh, didn't, didn't double fuck tap. around. So the only uh, wounded Nathan Campbell broke into the main house, screaming that the Indians were killing everybody. That's always nice. Yeah, that's what you want to hear. <laughs> uh, Narcissa and two other women drug Marcus into the kitchen to the adjacent room and made him comfortable. Tell him bedtime stories <laughs> yeah. before he died. Put a pillow under his split skull. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cayuses were kind of well organized and had this planned out. With the exception of Narcissa, they would only kill the male. They called them Bostons, the white people. Okay. Bostons? Bostons. It's a bunch of fucking, uh, what's his name? Matt Damon's running around. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Fucking Marky Marks. Hey, yo, what's up? This is me, Marky Mark, my man HB, and you're chilling on Team Vit. My music is me, yeah. If you listen to my whole album and didn't see my face, you would say, wow. 
this kid, you know, he's probably from a rundown neighborhood and, uh, you know, had hard times and, um, you know, he's just being truthful, you know what I'm saying? But if they were to see me and they, oh, he's one of the new kid's brothers, they would say, oh yeah, he's just a rich kid and it's a bunch of bull and this and that. I'm not trying to project any goody two-shoot image or anything like that, you know? I, I grew up in the street, you know what I mean? I know what it's like to be in trouble, you know what I mean? I know what it's like to be poor, I know what it's like to have money. So the attack would only take about 15 minutes. Uh, three men were dead. Uh, six others were seriously wounded. Uh, Narcissa was standing by the door looking through a, a broken glass. And then she was shot. Uh, she was taken to the upper floor. Uh, Marcus is now unconscious and was left down below. At dusk, 4 p.m., some Cayuses broke into the mission house and ransacked the main floor. Uh, all the other missionaries are hiding, well, ladies and children. Then at some point, an Indian named uh, Tamsuk yelled up in English that they're burning down the house. And that they should, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that they should probably get out. Uh, Francis Sager walked by his brother, who was still alive, and with his throat cut open, he pulled out the scarf on his neck for some unknown reason. That was the what was keeping all the blood in. Yeah, well, neck tourniquet's never going to be a great <laughs> end solution. <laughs> like, so he dies a little while long, uh, oh, later. The neck tourniquet might kill him faster than the slit throat. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, and generally <laughs> when you when you apply a tourniquet, like you know, in the, at least in the army, like you know, if you apply a tourniquet for too long, you you, you kind of lo- you you you're going to lose at least parts of stuff. Yeah, and that's why you like we were always taught to like paint the time you put a T on their forehead and then the time that you pu- applied it. Like you and use that the kind of blood. Them, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. What do you got a fucking sharpie? I don't know. Not necessarily. I wasn't in the army. Well, I mean, that's, fucking notes in your you, kit. you work with what's at hand, and if you got to put a tourniquet on, there's going to be a degree of blood. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, three Sager's uh, sisters stay behind with Helen Meek, because she's sick with the me- measles. Mm-hmm. That's Joe Meek's daughter. And, of course, uh, Bridger and, and Meek, they're they're half Indian, so that's why their their fathers just kind of dump them there to get oh, a quote-unquote education. Uh-huh. Or, or not want to deal with them. Yeah. Of the 14 male Bostons, only one made it out of Walla Walla to the HBC post there. That was 25 miles west. Two others managed to hide. Two other guys were bedridden. The rest were either wounded or dead. Uh, Narcissa was carried out on a chair. A group of Cayuses raised a yell and began firing at her. So she was carried out on a chair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was a fucking like, like bar mitzvah or something? That's why I was just kind of picturing. It was like, chair's an odd choice, but... You work with what you got. Then one of the Cayuses bit her dead face uh, with a war club. So, oh. And this is all because she also gave gave them medicine. Right. Because that was the law if you were a doctor and an Indian and your patients all died, you'd get killed. Yeah. Oh. So, cultural exchange. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. But also I've noticed, like you're talking about them ransacking the cabin while there's people with the measles in the cabin. And that's the thing is unbeknownst to the Cayuses. You're probably just spreading more smallpox around because, oh, look, this is a sweet blanket or this is cool shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoops. Yep. So another guy, Joe Lewis, he was half Canadian, half Delaware Joe Indian. Lewis, a boxer? Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually fought in the Mexican-American War under Fremont. Uh, he was described as a worthless vagabond. Oh, Basically, he tells the Cayuses that he overheard Whitman and Spaulding argue whether they should be poisoned slowly or quickly. Oh, what um, the fuck? There's the Alex Jones part of <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no. Uh, so, uh, yet the Cayuse didn't really trust him either. They actually taunt him for not taking part in the killing. What are you, like a pussy? 
don't want to kill mostly children. In response, Joe pulled uh, Francis Sager out of line and shot him. <laughs> Even though he was oh, a kid, I don't like, know exactly oh, how old just, he was. See, see, check it out. I'm Boom. good. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See? Gaba gaba, one of us. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, that was the end of all the killing there. Uh, they ushered the survivors uh, out and leave the village. So that's nine people dead, uh, one woman, six men, and two teenage boys. Next morning, Peter Hall pounded on the gates of Fort Walla Walla. He was the guy installing the floor on, on the second floor and ran out of the window. <laughs> Hey, you guys need carpeting? Yeah. Uh, my other job fell through. I don't think I'm going to get paid for the last one. <laughs> uh, he tells the guy, uh, guys at uh, Fort Walla Walla, those are all HBC guys. Uh, there's only five men there. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> so there's a little... Somehow uh, I don't think there's going to mount a rescue operation or... <laughs> yeah, and there's some debate because uh, Hall leaves right away and crosses Columbia and never was seen again. So either he was drowned or killed by Indians, but uh, the HBC, they, they wondered if they turned him away or not, because if they wanted, to, if they helped him, they probably would get killed too. So. Yeah. William Canefield was wounded and hit in the blacksmith shop. He went to the Spalding Mission, which is like 120 miles to the northeast, and raised the alarm to the, uh, the mission there. Basically, the whole Osborne family escapes to Fort Walla Walla the next day, but basically everybody else stays, not knowing where to go, and they're kind of captives. Mm. Almost. Yep. Almost. Uh, two men, two more men were killed in the morning on November 30th. Just um, for shits and grins, or? Yep. Only because it was funny. <laughs> uh, Nathan Kimball was shot during the initial attack, and then he hides in the mission house. Then he goes out to get water, and then he was seen and shot again. Uh, later in the morning, 24-year-old James Young, who was working with his father and brothers at the sawmill, was shot as he approached the mission with a wagon full of lumber. So that's kind of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on here? Got your lumber? Ah! So the Cayuses tell the uh, remaining people that they'd be taken to the fort. Father Brule arrived December 1st. He was the Catholic priest who had a mission on the Umatilla River, 25 miles away. He was visiting to help with the measles. And actually, the Catholic priest would actually baptize people, mm. no matter what. Uh, but the Whitmans never did baptize anybody into, because um, they're Protestants. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, six days later, the two sick men were drugged from their beds and beaten to death, because the Cayuse feared that they were getting better. <laughs> <laughs> and thought they might escape. Uh, Kate, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel happy. Yeah. Uh, at that time, Teal Kate was away and his son Edward was in charge, but there was no more killing after that. Uh, so now the Whitmans are dead along with 11 others. Uh, Peter Hall was missing and presumed dead. Hannah Sager and Helen Meek died of measles shortly after. So there's a nearby the sawmill. Uh, those guys were smart enough to tell the uh, Cayuse that they were actually British. <laughs> They're King George's men, not Boston's. It's like... Oh. It's like uh, if you're American, you travel to Europe. Or you're Canadian. You just tell everybody you're Canadian. Or like from uh, like Holland or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I sound like this. Mm -hmm. uh, three of the younger ladies were claimed as wives by the Cayuse, which didn't didn't Oof. sit well with the uh, rest of Oregon. No, there. probably not. Nope. Uh, so 45 people were held captive for a month and were later ransomed by Peter Skeen Ogden. 
who's an HPC official from Fort Vancouver. That Ogden, Utah's named after. Yep. Uh, he got him for 62 blankets, 62 shirts, 12 muskets, and 600 rounds of ammo. Wow. 37 pounds of tobacco. Ooh. So that's a good trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how much you're worth. <laughs> I wonder if there's a converter on somewhere on the internet where you can like figure out how much you're worth, how many blankets you're worth. Not blankets. I know there's uh, something where it's how many like pounds of like minerals and, and oh, yeah, like, we raw materials. But yeah. well, I think that's an app we need to develop. Like, <laughs> like how many? How many? How? What am I worth in horses? Yeah, how about right. blankets? How about whiskey? Yeah. Time to cash in one of those Squarespace offer codes right. or whatever. <laughs> So the Cayuse name comes from French Canadian fur trappers. Called them Cailou, or meaning rock people. Mm. I'm, those about to rock. Well, and I'm definitely picturing like Garignac from like uh, from Galaxy oh, Quest. Yeah, yeah. What are they saying? Grignac. Grignac. Rock. Rock. <laughs> yep. But the uh, Nez Perce, their neighbors, had just called them Wailatpu, uh, which is close to the, the name, uh, which is uh, waving grass people. Ooh fancier than rock people but uh, they had skill in breeding horses because cayuse still refers to fast horses yep on my cayuse let me yeah just turn me yeah what how's it go what the song don't fence me in he says something about his cayuse oh don't fence me in yeah on my cayuse let me ramble over bramble wait that's what they're that's what the tribe name means fast horse well, it's what it's a nickname for fast horses to this day because the Cayuse bred fast horses. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Cayuse came from the French and it's rock people. Oh, okay. but since they were skilled at breeding horses, yeah. it's like you know, no, probably when you're they watched the horses breed, they didn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> true. They didn't have the Spice Channel yet. What's well, like? Wasn't it? Was it the Nez Perce that developed the Appaloosa? I think. Was it Nez Perce or Shoshone? We talked about it. No, no, no. They developed the Lollapalooza. No, that's the, uh, what's his ass? uh, Peripheral. 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 (laughs) Get in it, take a big dump, and then start swimming. Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked will be right back. Why no worries on the Senate? Don't want to stop every mouth to have your diarrhea from drinking that alkaline water? Well, fret no more with crap chips. We have taken the standard cowboy chips and paired them with a pair of adult cowboy-sized diapers. So now the only happy trail you'll be having is the road ahead, not the trail brown behind. On your brown behind. Uh, so they're the most fierce warriors between the coast and the Rockies, because mm. basically they're all... Get on the other side of the Rockies, though, the Blackfeet give you a run for your money. Mm-hmm. There's basically, the, everybody was pretty chill. Yeah. Anyway. Uh... We're just here to watch horses fuck. Chill out, dude. <laughs> well, and out here it's like, well, we got these sweet-ass longhouses, and we just eat a bunch of salmon and whales and berries and stuff, and yeah, we yeah. don't really need to fight about too much. Put on some cedar bark, uh, uh armor. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Make some sweet ass totem poles and mm-hmm. giant canoes and yep. bent cedar boxes. And Go LARP in the park for a little while. Yeah, life is good. Yep. But uh, basically, with the Columbia to fish for salmon, and then they would they would travel over the Rockies and go get some buffaloes too. Yep. Dig a bunch of camas in the summer, mm, making that buffalo dig- salmon turducken. Would you mm-hmm. say dig dig a bunch of what camas camas? 
It's like the blue flowers. You see them a lot in uh, uh, western Washington. Like if you go around like Spokane and north, there's mm-hmm. huge fields of camas. What's, on, what's that good for? Yeah, eat the roots. It's like a tuber. Oh, okay. Yep. And it's kind of cool because they they weave them into kind of a chain and dry it out, so you could just hang them and keep them dry. So they you know a good winter starch. Oh, so you got basically like uh, freeze dried ramen noodles. Kind of. Yeah. Well, only yeah, they're like super potatoes. They're that. <laughs> you ever Two been time? there? There's a store the the fucking greatest one of the greatest stores in Tokyo is called Super Potato. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's a seven story tall uh, uh, video game used video game store. And like each floor is about the size of of the bar of the Vic, Victory Lounge, and it goes seven stories up. And each floor is a different era of video gaming. So there's like the there's like the you know Pong machines and shit like that that you can buy used. And then the next level up is like NES, uh, Sega Genesis, and the next one up from that is like you know Sega CD, Sega Saturn, uh, PlayStation One and Two. Yeah, and then it, as you go up, it just kind of progresses to newer shit. And oh, then wow. the top floor is like a like a full on arcade. What are we doing here? It's fucking dope. If <laughs> you're, although although he says it's just about the size of the victory rounds, that's not serious. It's, it's not big. It's very tall. Sounds like, but yeah, not yeah. Very... It, like like the, the footprint is the, si- the size of that bar, and then it's like seven stories up. Huh? Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so they also had conical teepees, but they would use tule mats instead of buffalo hide. Mm-hmm. So just woven grass. Uh, so they're kind of one of the more dominant tribes on the Columbia Plateau there. But uh, over time, the Cayuse became so close to the Nez Perce that they lost their own language. Uh, the first smallpox epidemic was 1780, brought by the trade from the Plain Indians. Right. So about 30% of the people died. Um, a second one uh, was even worse. Almost 45% of the people died in 1802 leaving about 40,000 people left, about uh, 180,000. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the deal, like, uh, arguably, like, um, just with colonization of the Americas in the first place, like, when they started first landing on the East Coast, I mean, there was remnants of these huge villages with, like, a fraction of the people in them, if any. And it can be argued, like, if there hadn't been an em- epidemic that wiped out all the people on those coastal villages... It would have been a lot harder for Europeans to oh, establish yeah. a foothold on the East Coast in oh, the first yeah, yeah. place. If there's a giant force of people saying, get off my fucking lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're like, hey, welcome. Oh, wait, you guys are dicks. Get the fuck out. Yeah. You know. Jesus. So in 1831, uh, some Nez Perce uh, go to St. Louis to talk to William Clark. They were actually painted since they traveled with George Catlin, so there's evidence of this. Uh, of course, a few of them die of disease along the way. Uh, Clark didn't know exactly what they wanted at the time. They tried to kind of say it in sign language, but Clark didn't really get it. Through a spokesman for the uh, Wyandotte Indians of Ohio, which I'm sure they spoke the same language, they said they wanted a, quote, book containing directions on how to worship the supreme being. (laughs) So they want Bibles? Yep. So the spokesman, uh, William Walker, wrote the Methodist Missionary Society and told them this. So they're like, the Nez Perce want God. Basically, they probably just wanted like, right. a, a kettle or something like that. But. Yeah. By the way, the Wyandotte, <laughs> like, I think the, the Wyandotte's, like, a proper name. Uh, it's what you, in the old days, would call a Huron. Oh, okay. So, like, picture last of the Mohicans. Yeah, style. yeah. So, the Meth- Methodists came first in 1834 to Cayuse Village on the Walla Walla. Meth first. Mm-hmm. They treated them nicely, but the Methodists moved on to the Willamette. Because it's awesome down there. Yeah. Uh, the next year, Reverend Samuel Parker, uh, Presbyterian, he passed through. 
Parker told him to select a site for a mission. Where are the Jehovah's Witnesses? He promised that every year trade goods would arrive and they like, would get freebies like because small, they gave him a mission. So the Cayuse welcomed the Whitmans when they came and expected payments that never came. No. So that's another part of the problem. So Marcus and Narcissa, Whitman, and most fellow missionaries came from western New York. Uh, we talked about that with the, uh, the Brewsterites. It was just mm-hmm. a bunch of crazy religion going on in, in New York at the time. America was kind of founded on cult leaders, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm finding most out. Most countries more. are founded <laughs> on some kind of... So basically, they catch, catch the uh, fever and want to preach the gospel. Oh, the 1830s was also the Indian Removal Act, too. So oh, we got that going on. George Catlin even suggested a theme park for Indians with tourists visiting them. What? Well, this is kind of what well, or Buffalo Bill Cody would later do, only the theme park comes to you. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, it's, I guess it's like when you go to Dodge City and there's like reenactors and shit. Yeah. Okay. It's like that. Well, it'd be like, well, or, or like when they did the indigenous people in zoos, like Otabanga or like oh, the yeah. Inuits and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. So the evangelicals, like the Whitmans. Uh, were de- determined to save the souls of the Indian, and the best way to do that was to strip them all of their traditional life. Of course. And they would tell them that if they weren't baptized, they'd burn in hell for eternity. Marcus Whitman was born September 4th, 1802, in Federal Hollow. Oop, I bet you this is the hunky statue. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. You see that? Yeah. Is dressed more like classic mountain man than missionary. Yeah, totally. It's like... Uh, Buckskins and it's fucking Hugh Glass wielding a Bible. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he's going to school though. He has so many mm-hmm. bags and a fucking book because it's full of what did you call it? Like text on the their long ass way of saying Bible. Oh, a few yeah. Paragraphs ago. <laughs> Instruction on how to worship the supreme being. There we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born in the Finger Lakes region of New York. Oh, Finger Lakes. Mm-hmm. That's where you go to get fingered. You no, know, it's where Jim Carrey goes on the office because his family thinks he's in the Finger Lakes, but he's applying for a job at Dunder Mifflin. Oh, Jim Carrey's in the office? Yeah, in one episode. I did not know that. Apply, applying for uh, Michael Scott's job. It's like <laughs> my family thinks I'm up in the Finger Lakes. In fact, I'm supposed to be up there right now. They're going to get worried if I don't get back to the Finger Lakes. People disappear in the Finger Lakes all the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> His dad, of course, dies in 1810. Of course. Leaving his mom with five children. So Marcus goes to live with his grandparents in Cummington, Massachusetts. <laughs> They're devout Baptists. Among his fellow students, there was John Brown. Of course, there's only 12 white people at the time. so But it's, it's like the, the John Brown, not I, yep. just a dude named John Brown. Okay. Awesome. I like how, uh, just an aside, I'm Googling Whitman Massacre and looking for like pictures. And, of course, our old buddy True West magazine, one that pops up, is clearly not the Whitman Massacre. It is very clearly, like, Chinese railroad workers getting chased out of town by a white mob. But is labeled Whitman Massacre. <laughs> That's a fairly horrific piece of art I've Yeesh. not ever run across before. Oof. Oof, oof. So, at age 17, Marcus uh, saw the light and had a conversion experience. Uh, he wanted to become a minister, but lacked the education and the money for one. So, instead, he becomes a doctor, which basically all you had to do is just apprentice with a local guy. You just got to learn how to cut hair, and you're mm-hmm. good. Well, yeah, or, yeah, the, or the, yeah, like the guys that would, like, Where do go, apply to, the go, to, go to amputate for, I'll amputate a limb for 50 cents or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was a dollar. I thought that was, like, a, a live birth. Oh, or maybe or that's a live birth cheaper. I don't know. Still birth is cheaper, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but he didn't give up on his dream of uh, being a minister. 
Uh, he first applied to be a missionary in 1834. He was offered to go to the Marquesas Islands, but uh, he declined because he had fears of tropical climate. Mm, fears of tropical climate? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where you get uh, the humors in the swamps that give you malaria. Malaria's got mossy teeth, dander, and a fat butt. And d- dengue fever and yellow fever and stuff like that. Because <laughs> the swamp ghosts and humors get in your miasmas and all that. And don't forget bile. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, he applies six months later uh, when he hears that the of the Nez Perce story wanting to be saved, which was like, oh, that seems easy. Let's go. Mm-hmm. They're literally uh, asking for it. <laughs> Look uh, at the way they're dressed. <laughs> uh, Narcissa Whitman, or Prentice, is her maiden name. She wanted to save the Indians, too. Uh, she <laughs> met Reverend Parker at a speaking I event. I love it. They want to save the Indians, and they do pretty much more to kick off the, the exact opposite of saving yeah. the Indians. <laughs> Uh, she was born March 14th, 1808 in, in New York there in Prattsburg. Not as funny of a name, though. Prattsburg. It's yeah. like shitty Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, she taught Sunday school. She was actually a spinster because I think she was like 29 when they got married. Ooh. So, yeah. Damn. Grandma. Mid-January 1835, Marcus learned that the board appointed him assistant missionary to go with Parker on a scouting expedition out west. He made arrangements to sell his farm and close his medical practice. Uh, Parker suggests that he visit Narcissa. They were born within 25 miles of each other, but never met because you have to be married to be a missionary. Mm. Mm-hmm. Marcus even went to a prayer meeting at her parents, but she was away teaching at the oh, nearby man. town at the time. Misconnections. But they met February 21st, 1835. They arrived in Amity, New York. Amityville. Mm-hmm. They only spent a few hours together. By the time Marcus left, though, they were engaged. Well, I was going to say, it was like, it only takes a few hours to get married. So. Yep. Uh, so they get engaged, but they wouldn't see each other for another year because Marcus goes out west. And St. Louis and Whitman and Parker got permission to travel with the Rocky Mountain Fur Company to yeah. the rendezvous. There they hope to find Indian guides to help locate potential mission sites. Oh, that's awesome. Sending a bunch of missionaries to the fucking rendezvous where it's just like <laughs> Tomahawk throwing snooze chewing, whiskey drinking, whoring and horse racing. And the, the fucking, uh, the, uh, what do you call them? The Mormon missionaries are like show up at a fucking punk house. It's, it, well, I was Can we just, do something for you? I was just saying it's pretty much like the plot of Orgasmo. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah basically. <laughs> <laughs> Take off your o- pants. Only with more buckskin and right. like, you know, Tomahawks and rifles. <laughs> So they kind of just tolerated each other, but uh, it's good to have a doctor around. Yeah. Uh, because um, Jim Bridger had a uh, arrowhead in his back for the last three years. Oh, yeah, that's right. What? <laughs> you don't remember that? No. Oh. <laughs> in his back for three years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus well, he couldn't, he couldn't reach it. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, the, it was like well, I can definitely picture the mountain man being like, hey, man, can you help cut this arrowhead? I was like... Dude, I'm not touching another dude. That's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mountain man. Yeah. No, it's probably because, you know, you're going to do more harm than, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, it'd probably be like, don't fucking touch my back. Well, in, the, in this era, it's likely, eh, they might have had some iron arrowheads at that time that were kind of, not really barbed, but you didn't want to pull them out. Or if not, it's fucking flint arrowhead. Right, right. And if you fuck that up, then you got basically shards of broken glass yep. in, mm-hmm. in you. I'm just imagining it sticking out like a little bit out of his back, yeah, so it's yeah. like you can't lay on your back when yeah, you sleep. You just, just <laughs> get fucking hammered drunk and fall, fi- fall asleep yeah. on your face. Got a special pillow with a hole cut in it to accommodate <laughs> the arrowhead. So uh, Whitman removes the uh, arrowhead from his back. <sighs> just so, the biggest dude sigh of relief. <laughs> yep. So that's why later they would send their kids to the mission there. 
But uh, you seem like a good guy. I'm going to send my semi-wanted children to live with you, <laughs> so I don't have to traipse around with them, and I can go kill beavers and shit. So they learned from the mountain men that the Nez Perce were friendly and were open to missionaries. At least that's what they decide anyway. Mm-hmm. So Parker decides to go on west, and Whitman would return east because he has got two Nez Perce boys with him. Mm. And one that spoke a little English to serve as an interpreter. Great. And uh, Whitman would teach him better to speak English gooder like us. Yep. <laughs> so Whitman made it home four months later. Uh, they looked for another couple to go out west with them. They found Henry Spaulding. Oh, God. Who is often described as severe, rigid, and abrasive. Oh, yeah. I've, I found a picture of Spaulding, and he looks like a peach of a man. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of... Ebenezer Scrooge with Santa Claus's beard. <laughs> uh, there's also rumor that he uh, proposed to Narcissa in New York and got turned down. Uh-oh. Um, probably not, but they did know each other, though. Marcus begged Spalding to go with. Basically, they had uh, accepted to go to Iowa or Kansas or somewhere there. And the Whitmans can go to Oregon without an ordained minister. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to the border, it's just like, oh, fucking force field. We need a, a Jesus wizard to get us through. So Mark, uh, Marcus and Narcissa were married in 1836. She was almost 28 and he was 33. Uh, they had been engaged for a year, but only spent hours with each other. I think we already said that. Mm-hmm. Then the next day they uh, left for their mission. Yeah. I mean, this is when he's older, but that's Spalding. Ew, God. That's like, <laughs> that's a that's hateful, spiteful eyes on that yeah, guy. Was Jesus just like, Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. It's the it's the sneer yeah, yeah. that really sells it, you know. <laughs> he looks like a fucking uh, John Crick Felucci character almost. Uh, like some bad guy from fucking Ren and Stimpy. Right. Oof. So basically, and with later missionaries that would come out too, nobody got along at all of, of these guys. They would just, it's like, you don't worship right. Well, because they all <laughs> wanted to basically be their own cult leader. Yep. Under this, it's like a franchise, you know. Maybe the one Subway offers the spicy... Whatever Italian meal deal, but yeah. the other one's like no <laughs> tuna only. Yeah, I like that'd be a fun fucking uh, uh, re- reality TV show. It's like Big Brother, but you just get like a bunch of cult leaders to like live in a house together, like ten of them, and see who comes out on top. Well, you, you just get like uh, like you know a hotel full of like religi- religiously unaffiliated people, and then like six cult leaders, and they got to <laughs> see who ends up with the most. <laughs> and then you know the final test is like you know. Who's going to drink the strychnine? Yeah, right. <laughs> How many people did you get killed? Yeah. Oh, only seven? Yeah. So they're on their mission. They're uh, Along the way, they pick up the two Nez Perce boys that they took with them. Oh, how nice of them. Uh, they took steamers to Liberty, Missouri. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, there they stay You're three weeks buying uh, <laughs> provisions for the journey. So basically, they spend over three thousand in supplies, about seventy thousand dollars in today's well, money. Fucking well, that's well, it's better than. Did all they the, buy the fucking boats? Well, it's the thing is, it's better than half they these were, dickheads that go out with a bag of trail mix well, and a yeah, knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, like on the, for real, but still <laughs> seventy. <laughs> they were they were taking steamships, so they were uh, they're ha- they're hauling ships in. to start a mission. Though they right. got to basically build a community, right? Right. So mm-hmm. it's not just like all beef jerky and. Band-Aids, yeah. it's like it's not lumber just, and yeah, tools. It's, it's not just the essentials, Lloyd. It's we're going to build a town when we get yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But they, uh, just to get to Liberty, though, they spent $2,800 or 65000 in today's money. It's almost like religious organizations mm-hmm. have a bunch of money to throw around for yep. their own means. 
So the mission missions board, uh, basically, that'd be the whole problem for the last 10 years is them complaining about them spending too much money. Well, the steamer back then also for these guys, is, it's like a fucking Billy Graham buying a, you know, a, a jet or yeah, yeah. three jets or whatever. Creflo dollar with yeah. his like, yeah. <clears throat> but you got to remember, these aren't cool guy steamers like the... Uh, like the uh, oh, like Far the West far and west? stuff. I don't think they had the grasshopper capability yet. Oh, and stuff shit. like these. Yeah, okay. These are some old school piece of shit. Yeah, the, basically they were just new, new-ish. Yeah. in the 1830s. But they yeah. didn't have any of the. You know, the there were some there were some notes to be taken and kinks and bugs to worked out. Mm-hmm. A little, you know. So Marcus had made arrangements with American Fur Company to go with the. Uh, that's John Jacob Astors. Yep. Go to the Green River Rendezvous there. They'd meet him in Nebraska. Uh, Thomas Broken Hand Fitzpatrick was leading the party. Hey, yeah. yeah, Broken Hand, all right. Getting, getting some of our old pals back together. Wow. Yep, he didn't mind them tagging along, but he wouldn't wait for them either. Yeah. So basically, they were a week behind, and they had to travel on Sundays to catch oh. up. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. They're all going to hell. <laughs> so basically, they had to stay on the rear and get all the, on the, all the dust on the trail. Yeah. I'm sure they'll give a sermon about the suffering they do for their faith <laughs> so at uh, fort william which is now fort laramie fort bill uh, fort bill mm-hmm. uh, the wagons were unloaded and packed on horses resting at the fort and narcissa becomes pregnant oh oh wow how'd like that happen immaculate conception yeah. mm-hmm. at least she wouldn't have bloody rags to deal with yeah true that be called span stuff for the rest of her life oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah sour patch gross <laughs> Uh, they made it to the rendezvous on uh, July 6, 1836, and the ladies attracted attention. Because they were ladies mm-hmm. in a land of pretty much uh, Randall Tex Cobb wearing buckskins. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a lot of bitterness towards those people from your past. I'd like to think that uh, I have enough compassion to forgive, and Lord forgives me for all that I've done. I guess I can forgive them for being lying, thieving dogs. So it doesn't really bother me at all, Bill. I'm not bitter. And especially Narcissa's blonde hair uh, yep, intrigued the uh, Nez Perce women. All the paintings of her, she is kind of a looker, for sure. Well, that's because after the fact that they kind yeah. of glamorized her. So. Well, they, yeah, I'm sure they painted like, oh, this was painted 40 years after she's dead by mm-hmm. rough description. <laughs> I based this on a uh, sex worker that I hired. <laughs> yeah. Or that I, yeah, <laughs> that I have... Let me call her Narcissa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Samuel Parker, he was the guy out west. Um, he was supposed to meet him at the rendezvous to escort him to the missionaries in Oregon. But he sent word that he was too worn out, and he was waiting to sail back east via Hawaii. Oh. So basically that leaves the Whitmans without a guide. But uh, a few days later, two HBC men arrived, and they agreed to take him as far as Fort Walla Walla. Oh, good. Uh, the Whitmans tried to take a wagon, Pass this point into Fort Hall, into Idaho. That proved to be a big pain in the ass, and they leave it at Fort Boise, and then they get to Fort Walla Walla September 1st, and Say, then- fuck by, it, this is far enough. Yep. Uh, basically, they're the first ones to take a wagon that far, though. Ooh. Ooh. The missionary board's plan was just to have one mission, but Whitman and Spalding couldn't agree on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they made one mission and painted a line down the middle of it? Right. Mm-hmm. You get that side. Don't come over here. Uh, also along was a uh, a laborer named Gray that nobody liked either. He's going to play uh, come into this uh, at some point, too. Uh, the ladies, they actually they make it to Fort Vancouver. They stay there for two months while they're out looking for missions. Mm. 
Vancouver is kind of in a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, Washington, Canada. Yeah, the Washington. You've seen the fucking thing, where they're at least reconstructed one. Oh, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. Yeah, down by the Columbia. Yeah, there. yeah, that is a cool spot. Mm-hmm. Picturesque. Spalding found a site at Lapwai on the Nez Perce on the Clearwater in Idaho, and Whitman chose a Cayuse village, uh, Wileyet. I'm sure I pronounced that right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just like everything else. <laughs> John McLaughlin, he was the head of uh, Fort Vancouver there. He cautioned Whitman that the Cayuse were not as friendly as the Nez Perce. Yeah. Ah, Indians are Indians. It'll be fine. Whitman, uh, the guy, uh, gray guy, Henry Gray, and some Hawaiians from the fort started building a house near the Cayuse village. Of course, I always the- forget about the Hawaiian quotient. You mm-hmm. know, one thing you don't ever see in a Western yeah. is land, 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 landlocked Pacific Islanders. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, this uh, confused the Cayuse because uh, it was women's work to, to build your house. Wait, what? Building the house? Yeah. Well, in a land where the, you know, the, well, it's like the Lakota women were in charge of, like, putting together teepees. And these guys, the Cayuse basically live in teepees with, like you said, tule mats instead of buffalo hides. So, yeah. Cool. I mean, the men would go out and hunt the buffalo, but the women got to tan the hides, turn them into the cover for the teepee, select and cut the poles and do the, do the stuff. So tight. Uh, so in December they move in to their half finished house. Narcissa gave birth to Alice Clarissa, March fourteenth, eighteen thirty seven. Who then explained it all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't get much of a chance to do much explaining, <laughs> oh. as it turns out. Uh, among the visitors was uh, Chief uh, Tilukate. And two other bands were on the Umatilla River, because that was next to the Walla Walla there. Mm-hmm. Oh, one on the Umatilla and one in the Blue Mountains. Tulocate called her Cayuse Girl, so they're they're into it right now. Oh. Tulocate uh, actually started farming a small patch and went to church and sent his three kids to the school at the mission. This seems great. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, of course, selected the site because of the good soil. Of course, it needed to be plowed, though, but uh, Walla Walla was dry. There's only 18 inches of rain there a year. But he dug irrigation ditches so it could get the water, but right. the river would flood, too, yep. and wipe out all his crops. Yep. But the timber had to be hauled from the Blue Mountains, which is only about 15 miles away, but that's still yeah. a ways. But also, the Blue Mountains don't have timber like you know this side of Washington, either. Nope. Communication was always a problem. Because the two boys they took with them to New York got mad and left to be with their own families. Yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> you leave me sitting there for a year, and then you pick me up on the way back, and you expect me to work? No. Nope. Uh, Marcus and Narcissa learned very little of the uh, Nespers language well, there. why do you need to when you're going to just convert them to yours? <laughs> they mostly used uh, Chinook jargon, which basically just was good enough for us, like, hey, plow that. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. But after two years in Oregon, the Whitmans had 40 acres under plow and grew enough to send some extra stuff to Lapwai there. Ooh. But the Cayuse didn't get rid of their old way of life. Um, they did grow some crops, though, basically ones that didn't require much work. And when it was time to go hunt or fish, they would just take off. It's almost like people that are used to just going and collecting stuff that grows wild think it's stupid to plant other shit that doesn't grow wild and have to tend it when you could just wait for it to yeah, mature l- naturally and just go harvest it. <laughs> just let it do its thing it's already so, going to do anyway. So you put six months of work into uh, getting this to grow. Why is this better than like going and digging up camas roots? Yeah. Why, why is this? Uh, so the women's devote more and more of their time to uh, not preaching. 
They blamed the lack of help. Sometimes they would get Hawaiians from Fort Vancouver to work, but the Cayuse refused to work because it was slave work. Yeah. And they weren't getting paid. Well, and also, like they say, like, hey, we were fine. What, what's this shit? <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why am I dragging this thing through the dirt? No. If you insist on having carrots and Napa cabbage, yeah, you yeah. fucking grow that shit yourself fucking so a- you can eat it, motherfucker. Av- avocados. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, of course, uh, the Whitmans would uh, always write for for more help. They asked for 30 ministers, 30 farmers, 30 school teachers. Wow, they're not really creative with their numerary. I would think you'd need more farmers than ministers. <laughs> uh, 10 doctors and 10 mechanics. Holy fuck, they're trying to build like Chicago. Ten, ten mechanics? Yeah. You know, fucking oil changes and shit happening in this town? <laughs> well, yep. I'm sure, you know, mechanic would be everything to encompass like blacksmithing. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, uh, like they had to build that grist mill, dig into any kind, you know, it's a, almost should be like engineers, basically. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, so basically that's 220 men that they want uh, to be sent out with the, with the least possible delay, they ask. There's nothing that 220 <laughs> men could ever do. They also want several tons of iron and steel, 2,000 guns, books, pencils, teacups, and a dozen chamber pots. <laughs> the teacups are really what ties the room together. <laughs> the fucking guns and teapots. Yeah. Dear Santa Claus, <laughs> here's my list for Christmas. Now, well, the, I don't, the thousands of guns, it's like, I mean, does that mean they were planning on arming the Cayuse, too? I don't know. That seems counterintuitive to a lot of... Western fucking expansion. <laughs> well, if you're planning on starting a, a legitimate cult, like yeah, you're yeah. going to need armaments at some point. Yeah, but you got to really win some people over before you start arming them. Well, but it's like, also it's also good to have the guns so that yeah. when you do win the people over, you can immediately be like just arm them. Gun. Here's, see, your, here's your teacup. But, here's your fucking blanket. But see if the mood changes because they suspect you of poisoning their children. It's probably <laughs> when the fuck would that ever happen? <laughs> so Quit basically, being negative, bro. <laughs> Uh, the missionary board is already overextended. They had 69 locations over the world with nice. 360 missionaries. Uh, they did also get bills for the Whitmans from the HBC. You're not getting your fucking teacups. <laughs> <laughs> and they would tell them to cut down on the spending instead of sending 220 guys. Fucking austerity measures. Uh, Only Bibles. <laughs> 1837, uh, Henry Gray goes back east. He attends med school briefly, uh, then insists on... He was like only there for three months and then insisted. I'm a doctor. Yep. I'm a doctor now. (laughs) He yada, yada, yada his fucking degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the fucking newspaper. uh, Fucking phlegm and bile. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) So he comes back with three married couples. That's not quite the 220. Uh, But uh, after they leave, uh, the board gets the uh, letter asking for 220 people. This is the problem with being across the country at the time. It takes six months to get a letter. Uh, their elk, uh, their names are Elkina and Mary Walker. Elkina is the first name. Elk, A N A H. Elkina. Okay. Uh, Cushing and Myra Eels. Oh, that doesn't sound like some lemony snickets. Shit. Yeah, this sounds like you put you put a bunch of fucking letters in a <laughs> random name generator. Yep. Uh, Asa and Sarah Smith. Then a Reverend Cornelius Rogers goes with too. That's a, that's another one of those eighteen hundreds names that needs to make a comeback. Or what, what could also be like a Starfleet captain. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Also, you know, of course, Marcus is pissed off that Gray is calling himself a doctor now. Yep. Uh, this fucking hack. He's not. It, it's pretty much a Martian cope. Only yeah, different kind of doctor. Totally. <laughs> Uh, Gray gets married right before he leaves to Mary Dix. Mm, <laughs> fucking A. Mountain Jack Pie. He convinces her to go along by, say, by saying that you can save 6,277,000 natives. <laughs> Just makes up a number. Yeah. Uh, it takes him six months to get to Walla Walla. Uh, by the time they get there, everybody was sick of everybody else. As tends to happen on these kind of journeys. Uh, Eels and Walker decide to go open a mission in Spokane, since they seemed interested. I don't know what that means, but... Yeah. (laughs) Basically, they just nod. They're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's see what they're going to do. Just kick them out right now. No, I want to see this. See where this goes, man. (laughs) Uh, The Smiths would stay with Whitman. Uh, Nobody wanted Gray. Finally, Spalding agreed to take him in at, at Lapwai there. Spalding and the Greys leave with Rogers, but the rest stay in Walla Walla, basically all in a crowded house over the winter. Uh, Myra Eels uses snuff, and that drove Mary Walker mad. Ooh. <laughs> Sarah Smith, she just cries constantly. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Mary Walker gives birth, but she couldn't nurse right. She had two broken breasts. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you break a breast? <laughs> I don't know. So Narcissa nurses her daughter for a while, but basically she gives up and says, you know, yeah, I got to feed her with cow's milk from a bottle. So two-year-old Alice Clarissa Whitman, she was speaking both English and Esperse, and the Cayuse loved her too. Hey, we're making progress. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, June 1839, she ventured by herself down to the river and drowned. How old was she? Two years old. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, don't you let, know, don't we, let your toddler toddle off. Well, we're too busy Bibling and whatever the fuck else to don't watch worry. your child she, in the... Jesus will take care of her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. To, to death. Yeah, well, I was going to say, take care of in the, uh, <laughs> in the mob hitman sense. <laughs> <laughs> so she was devastated. Uh, she sat with the body for four days until it started to turn. Yeah, super duper. Narcissa sank into suicidal depression. Uh, she stayed in her room for days and listened to the Smiths. Wait, wasn't that a, wasn't that a thing that uh, what's his fucking ass? Um, uh, 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 the guy that uh, that Dan Savage says uh, the name is um, should also be the euphemism for you know the leftovers from anal uh, that politician. Uh, oh, uh, Santorum. Santorum didn't yeah. didn't Santorums do that with a uh-huh. miscarriage? Yep. 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 Goody. Yep. <laughs> Except for he didn't go listen to the Smiths for no. four days afterward. Yep. So she wondered if, because uh, she loved her daughter so much that if God was punishing her for doing that. Uh, one of the other missionaries said that God punished her for letting her daughter learn Nespers and hang out with oh, him. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Cultural uh, awareness is the devil. This, this shit's been going this on woke, for wokeism. This shit's been going on forever. It's it's the same with the fucking like uh the you know the AIDS crisis. Every fucking like, thing. Oh, this is this is God sticking it to the gays for being gay. <laughs> it's fuck you. Very much like uh uh Kathy Bates and Waterboy. Yeah, foosball is the devil. Yeah, foosball is the devil. <laughs> but in 1840, she takes in uh, Helen Meek, Joe Meek's daughter, and then a year later, Jim Bridger's daughter, Marianne. Helen Meek. Damn, that's like an all-star fucking mm. child 
house. Uh, she gets a boy from a Walla Walla mom and a Spanish father, too. I forgot. I didn't write down his name, though. They didn't really like him because they leave him behind after the attack. <laughs> well, you didn't write it down or they just never bothered to take it down? Uh, one or the other. Uh, finally, in 1844, the Whitmans adopt the seven orphans. I didn't know you had a father. I thought we are all orphans. Uh, the, the Sagers, who parents died on the Oregon Trail there. This time, Narcissa wouldn't let any of the children interact with the Cayuse because she didn't want them to die. From cultural diversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Whitmans did build a bigger house, though, but they would only allow the Cayuse in only one door. That always impresses... And only one room. It always impresses people that are slaving away in your fields that you just build yourself a nice big old house. Tony flashes a one-hour time card to Will and Bo. Wow. Oh, okay. This is a good time to stop. I guess. Yep. Well, fine. I guess uh, join us next week to. We'll we'll we'll, uh, learn, we'll learn we're more. setting it up for a for a home run. This is T ball. We just uh, yeah. well, well, we, we already, already know the that home. they died. Yeah, but. we already did the massacre <laughs> part. <laughs> now it's more of like the setup to the massacre and then the reply, reprisals after the massacre. Yeah, that, that, we kind we kind of blew our load early on the. I can beep all that out from the beginning <laughs> if you want. <laughs> just redact <laughs> redact the whole first for thirty minutes. minutes. Beep, beep, beep. Then just add it all back in <laughs> next week. <laughs> That'll make our listeners happy. Uh, yeah. Everybody loves that fucking, you know, 1,000 megahertz. Or, uh, yeah. Super duper. Well, instead of beeping it out, we, of course, we'd just use mule noises. So yeah, that's, that's, that's even more annoying. Yeah. Or I'll put a hail of gunfire for like, yeah. the first 10 minutes. Oh, of speak, speaking of which. Oh, shit. We should probably go out in a hail. Of? Beep fire. Beep fire. Beep fire.